Welcome to the Creation of Living podcast. I'm your host, Heather Nichols, and I'm delighted you're here. Join me for conversations and inspirations for creating way more in every area of your life and living. Welcome everybody to the Creation of Living podcast. I am here this week with a really amazing being um, that I just really um, think is fabulous and wonderful. I'm so excited to bring to all of you, um, Mr. John Ashford. And John is an access consciousness facilitator. He is a being you changing the world facilitator. Um, And he's also a probation officer in the juvenile department um, for the state of Oregon and works a lot with um, teenage boys and, um, and in a really different way, bringing the tools of access consciousness to these boys and really, really changing their lives. And we were just kind of chatting before we got started here. And I was like, wait, wait, I got to hit record because there's some good stuff going on here. So, um, so I'm just really excited. Thank you, John, for taking the time to be here and welcome. Thank you, sister. I really appreciate being here. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So, um, Tell, so you um, you found access consciousness. So uh, tell, tell us your story. So two thousand about I think I want to say two thousand and sixteen. I think I found access, and it was a CF at the time that was living here by the name of Barbara Gilman. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, so I wait. Let me back up. So I, I heard a, a friend of mine from California who was in access told me I need to read this book. And she tried to get me to read this book forever. And it was Being You Change the World by Dr. Dane here. And I drugged my feet and I was like, I'm dragging my feet. I'm not, I'm taking my time with this. And so I finally read the book and it was just like the pages came alive. And I was just like, I'm really vibing with this brother. I don't know, he's weird as fuck, but I'm really vibing with him. And so I kept reaching out as I was, I went on Facebook and I saw him on Facebook and I was like, oh dude, so I'm a messenger. And he replied immediately. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. and I got to the point that it was November, right, right around Thanksgiving and around December, I got to the point around the money thing. And I was having issues with money and this old mindset of money. And so I hit him up again. And I was like, wow, he said, keep reading. And I didn't think too much of it. And I got to the end of the book. And I went to work and as a co-worker of mine, Laura Burgess, I said, hey, I read this dynamite book. You need to read this book. And so I had the book at work and I was like, you know, you're going to really enjoy this book, but I really want to try to find these bars classes or this bars. And she said, dude, my neighbor down the street actually knows somebody in Portland that actually I was like, get the hell out of here. So long story short, I find Barbara Gilman and she's at Wesleyan Library and she's doing an intro to bars and she's just talking about it. And I went into that library. Just a quickie for anybody who doesn't know what bars is, um, the access consciousness bars is an amazing energetic modality where you hold 32 points on the head and it just like relaxes your brain, totally dissipates stress, changes your whole, it can change your whole life. Really? It changes your whole life. It changed my whole life. Mine too. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) So Anyway, I was sitting across from Barb and she just talked about it. And the energy she talked about, I was, and Laura, my coworker, went, we left work early one day and we went down over to this library and I was just like, 
I got to do this. And I couldn't wait. She said, well, it's not until the following weekend. I was like, you're not doing it this weekend? Because the energy was just like, so like, ah, I was like, oh, I got to have this. Heather, I went to that, that class and I never had my bars ran before. And while I was in the class, I didn't get off. The, I remember Barbara Gibbons said, you got to get off the table. I was like, not now. <laughs> Let me just lay here for a second. Let me take all this shit in, you know? And um, I think that after that week, I was at Barbara's house probably every weekend. I either, I took classes where I was either sitting in because she needed extra for bar. Anytime she needed extra for bars or foundation, I was there. She did a facelift, uh, energetic facelift class from Access Conscious. I was there and she needed up, I was there. So I just took it in. And in that following December, I, uh, it was a snowstorm like, like we had this year. I was in the backyard and I was just like, and I was in my rope. I was like, I got this stuff. I don't know what to do with it. And I did a video and the video, and I decided at that time that I was going to use this book with my clients. Cause I would say, if I'm having this miraculous change, what would this do for some of the young people? It started to change the world. I did this video. Barbara was in South Africa at one of, I think a foundation class or some class or a, a COP class, a choice of possibility class in South Africa. And she said to Dane and Gary, I want to show you this. And uh, I think, because I, I was keeping in contact with Dane, but not much at that time. And, and then- Dane and Gary are the founders of Access. Uh, yes, 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 who yes, does yes. That. Yeah. yes. And uh, it just changed. I was just like, I did this video. They saw the video. Immediately, Sarah Grandinetti came out. She interviewed me here. There was a bunch of people in Portland I worked with that she spoke to. And I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, Dane invited me to come to Seattle in that class I met the first time I met you up in Seattle for, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it was uh, ESB class. Energetic synthesis of being, yeah. And uh, when I was sitting in the back of the room, I remember Tori, my wife, was saying, I was just like, I don't ever want to leave this. <laughs> And uh, so I was probably like 50, I'm 58 now. So I was probably like 52 or whatever. I was like, I've, I've arrived. You never really arrived. That's what I've come to find out. But I had arrived to something that I've always known that was possible. I felt like I was sitting in the Matrix movie. I felt like Morpheus. Uh, and I was like, oh, I found it. You know, <laughs> I'm outside. I can get outside the fucking Matrix. And so, um, so then... I decided afterwards that I was going to go full steam ahead. So what I did is I actually started to offer my clients an opportunity to either read the book or do community service. The caveat is if you read the book, you would have to meet with me at least four to six times to talk about the tools to see how you can implement the tools in your life. With the young men that you're working yeah, with. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some young women too. There were oh, some okay. young women that I, that I supervised. And what started to happen is I started to see, I remember after the first meeting with this family i gave the family came back and the mom the kid went out of the, my office the mom came back and closed his door and he kept going down the hall she said i have to say something whatever you're doing don't ever stop i don't know who this kid is anymore and i was just like well what do you tell me about more about it i don't know she said he's just different and i realized immediately that after that first session with that boy and his mom that something magical happened. Something that I, I had always desired before I was gonna retire is like, what tool would I be able to find that would engage somebody to choose something different for themselves? 
and access conscious being you was it. And yeah. so I just ran with it. And then I, I uh, and so I kept on doing it with the young people and I kept on, I, and I had, and then they would write these essays. And then what happens, I kept on sending these essays to Dane, Dr. Dane here from Access. I was like, dude, you got to read this. Because they, they would say stuff. And I was just like, huh? And these are some kids that when I first met, if you first met them, you'd be like, no fucking way what just happened. <laughs> and then I realized for me in that process, I was beginning to become the energy of being me. Mm. And when you become you, you actually become this huge imitation. You know, and the magic of it all, you can actually manipulate, I would like to say space and time, space, and the kid will actually have a greater chance of choosing if they want to, because I'm in this little office with this person and I'm like, I'm pinging off their body and I'm looking and I'm like, what is this? And asking questions and being jovial about it and just keep on being space. What I found out at that time is that majority of the people, not even just the clients I work in with, but majority of the people don't understand space. They have never had the experience of actually experiencing space where there's no judgment, where anything they can think of, we can have a conversation and they can actually let their hair down and be fucking them. Yeah, so true. And I found that and then, and then I got really excited because my other coworker that used to be in the department, he was a federal agent. He, years before I worked in a domestic violence group with men, African-American men got out of the system with domestic violence issues and the fatherhood. And I came back to him, I said, dude, I don't wanna come back and facilitate that class. What I really want to do, I spoke to Gary and Dane. I said, "There's, I want to do being you, and I want to take tools out of foundation to see if it would make some humongous changes in their lives." And the first time I was there, I was scared shitless. I am not gonna lie to you. There were mm -hmm. like thirteen guys. I had come in, and I was gonna talk about consciousness, and some of the guys had just got out of the penitentiary. Wow, That's and amazing. so. I, and and, and I, I had this book and I was looking at this book and I kept on this book and the dude said, but what are you going to talk about? He said, I said, I don't know. I said, what do you want to talk about? And it was then what I realized that Gary Douglas always say, if you ask a question without telling somebody something, magic happens. And from that point, Tim Logan, who was the creator of the program, was sitting across the table from me. His mouth was open because he was like, Look what's happening to this group. And at the end of the group, it, the group well goes from like, I want to say from 5.30 to 7. At 7.15, he had to say, hey, y'all, we got to leave. At the end of it, he said, dude, these cats never want to stay. <laughs> and, and I just like was willing to be the question. And then as we met week after week, we met and I started teaching them how to use the tools. They start manipulating their PO. They went one, one guy went to court and changed. And he did not create the crime, but he was willing to be the space and walked out of the courtroom. And he called me afterwards. He was like, dude, this shit works. He was like, the judge was different. The district attorney was sick. And I cruised through that. And I was like, how's it get better than that? Yeah. And I remember the first time I said that to them, how's it get better? And they said, it doesn't get better. And then I was like, listen to what you're saying. Yeah. And, and it's just like some of the, the, the awareness that happened for me, just, I, 
I want to say just forced me to be more of the space of choosing and being a greater invitation every fucking day. And it's weird. Like my supervisor gave me, like they have to celebrate being the probation, your probation years and stuff. And she gave me this a journal and it was just possibilities, 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 possibilities. Because in staff meetings, I've, 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 I've used the tools in staff meetings. And I'm like, well, what else is possible now if we choose something different? And after a while, people are like, well, you always say that. I said, well, what is the other possibility? And my supervisor said, when she started using it, she started seeing different things happen on the team. And so that's when I'm like saying that you become the invitation of energy of being different. And it's almost contagious. Yeah, It's like it a good COVID. It's a COVID 21. <laughs> <laughs> or 13 better. COVID 13. It actually changes, you know, being that. And, I, and like I said, I would never not be this anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would never. I'm 58 years old. I would never fucking never not be. I mean, it's like I, I had a conversation with Dane before. I was like, you know, I don't think I could ever walk away from consciousness. I, I this one young man and the story I told you before we got on about Hanif. I know I was always being in that space, but now I got space with tools and magic that can change anything. Tell that story because yeah, that, so, that so, also is just like, it's such an, um, it speaks to who you are, you know, and who you have always been. Um, and now you, you know, you're saying you add tools to it and we're, you know, referencing yeah. different access consciousness classes. There's for yes. anybody who is just kind of is stumbling upon this, there's different classes. There's the foundation class. There's being you classes, uh, lots of different classes. Um, and, um, where you get these pragmatic tools that really like that sort of take you know what you're already like what you were already being as mm -hmm. this, somebody who really cares about people somebody who really is like willing to advocate for them and have their back and like know for them until they can know for themselves that something else is possible yeah um and then you add to that you know these tools and it's like so much magic so Tell the story of 1993. Yeah. So I had a young man uh, that I was supervising. He came to a program that I was doing called Save Our Youth, which was a conflict resolution program. And he graduated. He moved back to New York. He was doing fine. And then he did, got in trouble in New York and had to go to jail. And uh, about six months ago, he found me on Facebook. He said, hey, man, why don't you come and see me? I'm back in Portland. And I was like, I didn't even know realize he was actually in Vancouver, same in Washington with where I, where I live. And so he, I've been, he's asked me, man, why don't you come to my shop? And so I eventually said, he said, let me do your beard. He said, let me just trim your beard for you. He said, I know I'm not going to cut your hair, but I can trim your beard. And I said, okay, cool. So I go over there. And when I get there, it's this really classy barber shop. And I drove past it because I was like, it can't be this guy, you know, you know, and that's what I said to him. I was like, dude, this place is really classy. You know, it's the bright lights. I mean, it looks like something out of Hollywood. And I walked in and I, the guy who actually took my, they took my coat for me. And I was like, this is different, you know? And so uh, when I walked in, it was some other people in the room and he said, oh my God, I couldn't remember who my afternoon uh, appointment was, and it's Mr. Ashford. And he'd start telling these people in the shop, this guy was my old probation officer. He's one of the wisest guys I met. 
this, I'm doing the shop like this because he, he really set me up to really think outside the box. And so uh, I took the chair, the rest of the people leave. And he told me about he had a book club. But before that, I started noticing on the walls all classic books that he had on the wall. He had posters by the size of the wall that he made, like 1984, mm. uh, uh, Mark Twain. He had all these books. And I was just like, what? He was like, I want to create a space where people can actually be different. And then he said, I have this book club. And I'm having this month, what we're reading is Celestine Prophecies. Now, I start laughing. I was like, dude, you are reading Celestine. But he said, yeah, I'm having these guys come here. And in the evening, we come, we do this book club. And I was just like, what the fuck? I was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, man. I mean, I'm like, I'm way. And then we even had deeper conversations. We talked about Black Lives Matter. And he was talking, he's talking about how he couldn't get down with that. And I was like, I was like, me too. And so we started talking about that. Not that not understanding what there was going on, but talking about what was created in this country with all of the separation that's going on and how it's sponsored by our government to do that and how people are not going to get out the box. And so I'm looking, I'm looking at, and he's cutting my beard and I stop and I'm like, is this the same cat I'm talking to that was like a smart ass when he was 17? And he started, <laughs> we started laughing. And so I, I left and I was at work today and I was like, you know, we have this International Bars Day on the 15th. So I hit him up. I said, man, I got something I want to do with you this weekend, but I want to know that if you be afterwards, would you be available for me actually coming in the shop for a couple of hours and running people's bars? If they choose it's free, I'd run it for free and be 15 minutes. They get this experience. And, uh, and then I said, and then after you have this book, I have this book that I want to give you because I would definitely think that this book will change if you want to do this book club with this and I'll join a book club with you and so he said well let's he said I'm busy let's talk send me all the information and that happened and, and what 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 I'm realizing is at, I didn't realize the influence I had with this guy and this is way before access for me yeah. I didn't understand it but what I realized and what he's saying is the continuum yeah and he was like, I'm glad to be back in your space. And I said, well, dude, I got some, some shit off the hook right now for you. You think I was talking about some shit back then. I really got some shit for you right now. It's going to change everything. And I mean, this kid, this kid is like living out in orchards, which is like more of the, um, it's not, a, it's beyond the suburbs and he's raising his family out there. And I'm like, and, and the, just the conversation and he said, and he kept on emphasizing, man, dude, thank you. He said, thank you for actually sparking this for me when I was 17. And what I realized is that when you plant a seed, sometimes you have to push that seed way down into the earth. <laughs> yeah. And then be patient. Yeah. Especially with young men. Yeah. Because he went through a whole lot of stuff. But when it took root, I'm like, wow, I'm in awe. And, and this guy thinks... It's kind of interesting. And I went back and I started following some of the people that I've worked with in the ju justice department, juvenile department, and they were living so far out of the box. And I was like, ah, so I got to be the Trojan horse to bring consciousness, even when I didn't know what it was. And I remember sitting back once before, I was like, I was telling the toy, man, I'm, this suck. I'm 31 years in this job. I haven't changed anything. People are, and she kept on looking at me like, you're stupid. But after yesterday, I realized that I have always been on a path of like trying to, I didn't know if I didn't call it consciousness there. I was like right. awareness, but I realized that being it 
is the change. It's the change agent. And you get to a point that you can fake the funk, you can act like you know something, but nothing's more authentic than being the energy of consciousness. <laughs> because yeah. once you're the energy, everything changes. Yeah. And like you said, you didn't even know you were being it. You know, yeah. people could hear that and be like, being the energy of consciousness. Oh my goodness, that sounds so complicated. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it's, it's like, it's kindness, it's caring. Yeah and not judging yeah. people it's yeah. people's backs it's seeing what they're capable of and never giving up on that and and allowing them to also make the choices that they make and yeah. you know, um, yeah yeah this is you know and as i say that it's like i so you know john and and, and some of the listeners know but i've just recently been through um a lot of change with my own teenage son, um, who wasn't doing so great. He was, you know, dabbling in drugs and vaping and stealing and lying and all that kind of stuff, um, at age 13. And I, I knew, I knew where it was going, you know, um, I've I'm, I'm a social worker. I used to work with, um, youth long, long time ago. I used to work with, um, actually a lot of boys, adolescents that, Mm -hmm. and I did some wilderness therapy with them back in like the, I guess, mid to late nineties. But, um, but, you know, I knew, I knew where it was going. Um, and I, and it was like, we could wait, like we could have let him kind of skate a little bit and see what he was going to choose, but I knew what he was going to choose. And I also knew who he was, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, this kid is brilliant. This kid is a genius. This kid is phenomenal. So kind, so caring, so sensitive, so aware and has nowhere to fit in like public schools and like in, you know, the world that he thinks is real, you know? And so I really made the choice for him, you know, I was like, we need to do something and we need to do it now before this gets really bad before he's like really deep into where he's going, you know? And so we sent him to three months of wilderness therapy. And now he's at a boarding school and he's doing absolutely phenomenal. Um, but it's been such an interesting, um, you know, cause I was the whole, that whole mental health world was like with, especially with teenagers, um, that was more a part of my world when I was a social worker doing that, you know, in the late nineties and now here, you know, having a teenage child, two teenage children, um, it's like, and everything that's been going on with COVID and all that, it's like, there's a major mental health crisis going on right now, yeah. um, yeah. for, kids, for all kids, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was so interesting looking at the, what we wanted to do for him. Cause we tried to find him a therapist here in town and there weren't even therapists available. Like yeah. they're, they're like, I'm so booked. I don't even have a wait list, you know? Yeah. And it, so the resources are are, you know, getting to be pretty tapped and, and, um, and I'm actually really glad that we weren't able to find somebody because that's, we were like, all right, let's do this wilderness thing. And let's just, let's just go full on with, you know, what we're going to do here. And it was the, the best choice I've ever made so far as a parent. Um, but it's amazing how, you know, like, and so I'm seeing now, cause he was, he was there for 12 weeks and he was, really, um, you know, just, we were, we were, we've been in like this therapy process as well with him and family stuff and whatever. And just seeing this, like, 
the kid that I always knew was there, like starting to come out underneath mm-hmm. all those layers of all this stuff and the proving and the being cool and the being tough and the, all these barriers that he's put up between the brilliant kid that he is, the sensitive, aware kid that he is mm-hmm. and the world. And it's like all of those layers kind of like coming off, you know, right. And he's coming out now and it's, it's amazing to see and to, to see that sense of like the seeds that were planted, you know, his whole life as a, you know, I'm being his mom, I've been planting lots and lots of seeds, you know, Um, but also the, just like what, you know, when you really, when you just, when you be that space for somebody and you be the demand and it's different as a parent or as a somebody who just knows somebody or you're a facilitator or you're a probation officer like the different roles are different you know yeah but to see the that start to shine through and and to be that space of you know and I'm going to be I'm going to be a a demand for you to to love yourself basically Mm -hmm. basically that's what it was I would say you know no matter what, and you may not choose it, or you may choose it in 20 years, but I'm going to kind of be a steward for your future while you aren't willing to be that for yourself. Right. And I'm going to steer you in a different direction here Yeah. and give you also choice, you know, but, um, be a stand for what I know is possible. And that is just, you know, again, whether it's as a parent or as a probation officer or a friend or whatever it's like that's an amazing yeah. gift especially when yeah. you give somebody the space to choose whatever they're going to choose and you don't judge it you don't have a point of view about it you don't need them to choose it but you're like I don't need you to you can choose whatever you're going to choose and yet I'm going to keep directing you yeah or to your greatness yeah you know and there's another dynamic with that that I realize. And as your children get older, that's what I've learned. And like, I, like I said to you before, I had COVID for the month of December, this past December. And so I did, I didn't leave the house and I was doing a lot of reflecting. There was a couple of days. So I was like, am I going to die? And I was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to die. I'm choosing to live. And this shit is not bigger than me. And there was a three words that came up for me that I kept on. Like, I think I woke up one night, like at two in the morning and I kept on hearing this three words, let it go, Mm. let it go, let it go. And so I decided, I was like, that's going to be my new mantra for 2022. Nice. Let it go. I, you know, I was, um, I have three children of my own and they're doing well now, but I I want them, I wanted them to do access stuff. They know I was like, let it go. Yeah. I was supposed to retire. I'm not retiring. Let it go. Don't judge you for that. Let, let, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know where my wife's going to be with the disease she has. Let it go. And it was like, as I work with the young people now, since the last three days, I've really had this attitude. A coworker came to me and she started talking about some other workers and stuff. I said, hey, look, not being disrespectful. That ain't my lane. I'm letting that shit go. And she was like, what? I was like, I'm letting it go. I'm not holding on to any judgment. That person's choosing that right now because that's what they desire to choose. Who am I to judge them? I'm letting stuff go because what I'm desiring is that if I let more go, I can actually have more space to create whatever. 
my I have money things happening. I got a money class that I'm gonna start teaching pretty soon. And I was like, I was holding on to it because I was like, let it go. It'll be what it'll be. Yeah. Don't actually push it. Let it fucking go. Yeah. And it's something about that with working with kids yeah. that I always kind of knew that. It's just like, and I would of course get sad when my client died or they went to jail because I'm a I'm a cream puff. That's who I am. But <laughs> um and so I, I have that, you know, I was, I was, I, I one time uh, I was talking to Dane and I kind of was like, man, you know, I care too fucking much. He said, no, man, that's pretty cool. I was like, yeah, but then it affects me. Cause I can say, he said, well, then you don't have to hold on to that shit in the theory of letting it go. I mean, you just have that experience. And I'm like, with everything, I'm actually choosing to have an experience and let it go, be it good, bad, not to hold on to it. Yeah. It's like making having no focal point but seeing everything at one time that's amazing i love that wow yeah yeah so let it go that's 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 and that is truly i mean i've really learned that through access consciousness um that's one of the greatest gifts that you can give somebody is being that and and still and also this what i learned in this process with my son is both letting it go and being the like totally holding out and continually directing him in the future that I know. And like, and it was when I made them, when I really made the demand where I was like, this kid does not flail on my watch. Like mm-hmm. no matter, like I'm going to both be willing for him to choose whatever he's going to choose and let it go. And also, yes, you know, that. And, and, and that, and, and, and I say that, and I think there's steps to that. I think like when my three children were with me, I, I gave them choice. I was like, you can go to this school. You can, you, these are schools you can choose from. You have a choice, but I still control the choice that you have. Yeah. Okay. When my daughter's going to be 30. Wow. Next month, she'll be 30. My son is 26 and my youngest is 22. I've found myself still trying to do that. And what happened is while I was sick last month, I said, John, you got to let it go. And I, so I sent them this email, this text. And I said, you know, I was raised Catholic. When you guys were young, we went to the Catholic church. And I just like, that's not working for me anymore. You guys are miserable doing it. We're not doing that anymore. And I was concerned because what was going on in my world of like, if something happened to me, what did I leave them? And so I sent them this thing. I said, you know, I really want you to start talking to angels, entities, and like making sure that you have a posse, you know, because I, th- I thought like at, the, at that point, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be here anymore. And my daughter was like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, well, I really want you. She says, dad, we're fine. You did a, done a good job. We appreciate you sharing this with us about stepping back. And it was almost like I was able to <sighs> sigh relief, like, okay, I'm going to let this go and I'm going to let them do what they want to choose. Yeah. But there is a point where I think as a parent, you have to direct, but you also have to be willing to let go and let them have some of their experience yeah. and then really not judge it. Because I know that there was some, I wish I had some of the tools earlier when my kids were younger, because I would sometimes be judgmental with shit. Well, you got to do this. And I, my youngest daughter taught me the greatest lesson of letting go before I thought I was going to let go. She was like a genius. And one day she was in eighth grade or seventh grade, eighth grade, and she was sitting at this table. And I was like, you have to go to bed at such and such time because go to bed this time, you get up early. And she said, dad, and I was standing on the stairs, going upstairs after I told her, you need to take your shit upstairs and go to bed. You got to catch the bus in the morning, school bus. And she said to me, 
dad, I have A's. You never have to get up. I take my lunch. I've never missed the school bus. And, and I don't know why I have to go to bed if I can maneuver in this. I know that most people do that, but why do I have to do that? Because everybody else. And it was the first time I had a lesson of actually stepping back yeah. and parenting different than like, well, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna be that different dad because I was a divorced dad than other dads. And I think my daughter, my oldest daughter reminded me of that when I had that, when I sent that text this last month, my dad, we got this, we, you, you did this, step back, I'm gonna support you in stepping back and will let us deal with this. And as a parent, you still have this anxious or this angst that you like, did I fuck up by letting go? Did I, did I should have not sent that text, you know? But the, the whole, the process of it is like, how do I stay in my awareness of letting go of them so I can do more of me so that I'm actually a greater uh, invitation to them? Yeah. And I think that, I mean, and that part of being in a parent, parent role with that, that's it. Your son will see, oh my God, my mom did this and then let go. And then I was able to choose. And what happens, it propels them in another future and another, they don't have to live in this reality like everybody else. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody told me, why do you call yourself your kids, kids? Kids are baby goats. They're smarter than that. And I was just like, you're right. So I'm letting go of everything this year. So. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. so cool and you know I guess to like what a cool thank you for this conversation and just all the different spaces and um and it's like when you have that be like when you're really willing to be you and know mm -hmm. what you know then that's it's easier to to be that it's easier yeah. to do that and 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 then the gift that you can be for other people is just it's huge. And it's something that doesn't really exist in the world, you know? Yeah. And, um, I'm just so grateful for these tools of access consciousness, mm -hmm. these conversations, um, just these like spaces that have, you know, really never, um, like I always knew they, yeah. they like something like this was possible, but I didn't have, you know, kind of similar to your experience. Yeah. I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Like I have always, I've, I've come home, you know, yeah. when I found this stuff and how amazing to share it with the incredible young people in the world yeah, that, and everybody, you know, but, yeah. but there's so many young people out there that just, they don't know how aware they are. They don't know how smart they are. They don't know how brilliant and sensitive they are. And, you know, to share a different possibility with, with kids like that, it's, um, what a gift. So thank yeah. you for doing what you do and being. Thank you, sister. What thank you, you thank you, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah. And thanks everybody for listening. Um, and, you know, if wherever you are in the world, access consciousness is most likely not that far from you. There are facilitators all over. There are um, people who do, um, who, who can run access bars sessions and, um, do classes. And so go to accessconsciousness.com and you can, you can look up people in your area for you or your children, or, you know, any of your loved ones, anybody who's interested in something different. So yeah. it's magical. Don't miss out. It's magical. Yeah. yeah. So thanks so much, John. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here until next time. Take care. Peace. Bye-bye.
Thank you for joining me for the Creation of Living podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave me a review. If you would like more, you can find all kinds of resources and upcoming events at heathernichols.com. Until next time, remember, my beautiful friends, the world thrives when you do.